All right, here with Dan. Going to talk about the World Cup. It's it's been pretty good. We're we're through like what a round and a half or something of all the games recording on the Sunday. So it's uh, with all the controversy and stuff, which I don't think should leave our minds, especially with some of the stuff that's been going on during the World Cup. I will get to, but the football's been pretty good generally, except for it's England, been... who stink the place out. <laughs> Bro, I am here's I'm depressed to tell you all is the last quadruple game day. Yes, that's right. And yeah. it has just that extra game, getting four instead of three, just really does give you the opportunity to gorge yourself in a... And I mean, the time zone in the UK is just its just unbelievable. Perfect. It's literally yeah. just that bit of the day where you're not doing anything that you want to be doing. Yeah. It's just been absolutely full of football. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's not so awesome for me, but I've been catching up uh, on stuff. So I, I, yeah. two, two games are good to watch, and then the two early ones I have to go catch up on. Yeah, but... just the lack of there's no working hour. I mean, where there's not there's not football, and there's just yeah. something that any it doesn't even have to be football. Though World Cup football is pretty good, but just any kind of watchable sport during the working day is just so nourishing and elevating. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. What, what say, have you made of the kind of tournament and the the quality so far? Because I think it's been pretty high generally, and a few surprises, which is good, although might not be good for the knockout rounds. I guess you don't want the two thousand and two situation where yeah. the knockouts are really exciting, but they're exciting because good teams are getting beat, and there's no one left at the end. And yeah, that's right. The set like those like those games weren't good. They're not the knockout games there. I think that. The standard of games and I th- I, has probably been helped by the fact that it's a mid-season World Cup because yeah, although we're missing so. some players who should be there, the players aren't exhausted. So yep. they're able to play high-energy football in a way that you're less likely to see and get in a June-July World Cup in the Northern Hemisphere summer. I know it's still hot in Qatar, but it's if you factor in the heat of America yeah, or... Yeah wherever or southern europe or wherever and the end of a season it, you can that's see right why we so, get yeah. the kind of games that we get and also i mean the some... the style of football is it's very different they've evolved club football and and international football have kind of evolved on different paths in some way it's like there are there's teams that stand out are the ones that do something a bit weird so ecuador have a high press almost no one else in the tournament and Saudi has a high press. They're all sit, they're all sat in the mid block, like football from the nineties or something. And then the other ones, Canada, who are on as we're recording this, who chuck five players forward at every break and then pay for it going backwards. <laughs> but they look completely different to everyone else as well. So they're both fun for different reasons. And um, yeah, I th- it also was probably helpful again is that there's there's no travelling, so you play a game and then you get ready for the next game. And I remember like Wales were complaining during the Euros, and I'm sure we could reason they have their last group game or something was in Azerbaijan, something right, like exactly, that. Right, exactly. Like a six-hour flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas now the players, all they've got to do is train and play. Yeah. And that's probably helpful. And it actually made me think we should probably have a London World Cup at some point. Yeah, it's more like an Olympics, isn't it? I, I mean, I remember Olympics in 2012 in London. And you could get you could run from the swimming to Wembley to watch the football. That was probably the furthest you had to travel. But swimming to boxing to athletics was super easy. And this more like this. I know those people are out there, or especially the journalists who are out there, are managing to catch sometimes three games a day live 
because it's not so bad. Although Hansi Flick in the German press conference yesterday, he went on his own, which is a big no-no for FIFA, along with the wearing rainbow armbands and stuff like that. You're not allowed to do that. And he said it was because it was a three-hour drive and I think everyone was like, you're what? It's it's like 10 10 kilometers away. But yeah, I I think you're right. The... Although it's hot, they're playing a lot of games at night, and Croatia have scored the third as as I'm talking. You're um, in front of me. Ah, am I in front of you? There you go. Sorry, I've ruined it you for ruined you. It. Oh, <laughs> nice goal as well. Good, good control in there. Strike uh, with the left foot. Anyway, yeah. So although it's hot, there's not a lot of travelling. The the training facilities are great. Uh, everyone's reasonably fresh because of the the part of the season it's in. The the mix-ups between the different styles of play have been pretty good so far. There haven't been a whole bunch of stinkers. I mean, England, USA, it was probably the worst of of the tournament. The first so game far. was dreadful as well, but we've had so, there have been some true. nil-nil draws as well. Like we could do with a few more goals, I would say. But I I covered to the Guardian. I did Uruguay and South Korea, which was nil-nil, but yep. it wasn't. It wasn't, wasn't a bad bored. game. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I wasn't bored, and I did I did another nil-nil draw that also wasn't bad. Did I say Uruguay and South Korea? Yeah. I did, I did, didn't I? I did, I can't even remember now. This this is old age uh, at its worst, but I did, yeah, I did another game. It was also nil-nil. It also wasn't <laughs> good, bad. Good. Great insight there, Dan. I mean, I think that four games a day, it's hard to, it's hard to recall all the details, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I, I, <laughs> unfortunately, it is for me. Yeah, I mean, some, some standout ones have been, obviously, obviously Spain, Morocco, uh, Croatia. Got... Morocco, Croatia. Yeah, right. Okay, that was... Which also yeah. wasn't bad. I enjoyed Morocco. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I certainly enjoyed the making Thibaut Courtois look silly today. That was that was, uh, that was very good. Um, he definitely, yeah, he definitely played any in the school play. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, Spain, I don't know whether we... We talked about that one last time. Yeah, I think we did briefly, didn't we, at the end of last week's pod, the weekend pod. But, I mean, obviously... A standout result there against Costa Rica and a weird thing with them not playing any strikers but scoring seven goals and then Costa Rica coming back to beat Japan today who beat Germany which makes which that... was sort of disappointing that one in the yeah. sense that there's not as much jeopardy tonight if if Germ if, if Japan win that game then Japan are almost through and then yep. if Germany don't beat Spain they're out then yeah. they can't get more points than Japan would have had yeah, they've done. They've. I mean, they might have done the latter stages a favour, but that game now is. It basically, if Germany smashed Costa Rica, that'll probably be enough, even if they lose Spain. Well, yeah, probably yes. And, and which the dynamics of the group always make a difference in tournament football, don't they? To how how people approach it. I mean, I think certainly thinking, although I was somewhat frustrated with the England performance against the USA, as, as frustrated as I can get watching England rather than. United. The dynamics of the group there means that a draw was a very good result. I mean, it would take something silly. England would have to lose four 0 to Wales to go out, basically. Uh, that would be and incredible. It would be Wales incredible. Wales are funny because we've sort of been encouraged in the UK to think that they're not rubbish. And I mean, I I, I was a bit surprised they lost to Iran. Yeah, but I was not. I thought they would lose to USA because yeah. they're not good. No, but, they're not good, and and their best players are old now. So yeah, and it was it was very evident. And I mean, he Robert Page picked a really silly team in the first game against where he, he didn't pick Kiefer Moore and just went into yep. a game with no out ball whatsoever. Yeah, that's so right. Every, they just they just couldn't get up the pitch. But I also 
someone pointed out to me that I think they had no Premier League players Wales who didn't play for a promoted side. Okay. Which I guess gives you some notion of the quality that they have, which is not not high. Although I was a little bit surprised that you wouldn't go for someone like Brennan Johnson if you've got someone who's fast and confident available to you. Yeah. That that wouldn't be a better option than Harrens Wilson. Well, well, that's the thing. If you're if you're not a technical side, and Wales are not a technical side, you want physical, don't you? You want people moving fast. You want to play in a low block and break, or you want someone up front who's the big guy, like Kiefer Moore is. Well, that's who's what actually tried to playing do. well and scoring goals. This he season, went. See, so. we tried to do it with three fast players, but mm-hmm. it just is. It it does it doesn't work with that without proper technical ability. That because mm-hmm. there's no there's no out ball. You can't you can't get the ball forward and then go from there. But I don't, I didn't, I mean, he said, Robert Page, that he he just likes to show loyalty to players. And I understand that, but at some level, you also just have to pick the players that are good. And one of the things about this World Cup is players that are in form because it is coming in the middle of the season. Yeah. So, and you can see in some of the games that the players like Valverde, Valverde is just, by far the best player on the pitch in Uruguay and South Korea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know he's yeah. just a class player. I'm one of the best players on that pitch anyway. But you could see him playing with real authority because he'd been doing that for Real Madrid last week. Yeah, yeah well, um, that's right. And he's got 12 goals this season or something like that. A real step forward in his career. Well, since we're on a Group B in England and Wales, USA and Iran, I, what, what do you make of England? I mean, it was just so... I mean, I don't, is negative the right word? It's just so cautious against a team that is like what championship quality, basically. And I, I, I just, I think Southgate in his head gets mixed up with what is attacking and what is defensive, like systems and styles. And although they had nominally a four-three-three in this game, it wasn't an attacking style of play. They didn't throw players ahead of the ball. It's it's still very one-dimensional. All the substitutions were man for man. Basically, he didn't do anything to change the game, which was like you're pulling your hair out watching it going. And like, it just took so long as well it just for him took to do so it. so long, yeah. And he was clearly shocked by the, the, the 4-4-2 that USA played, right? But he didn't do anything to address it at and all. It's at this point, what is Jordan Henderson going to do? I, I just, unbelievable. It, it, just, it was very hard to see what the the, the changes were going to alter the balance. And I, I understand why he likes Mason Mount, because Mason Mount's a good player. He's been good for him before. He's tactically intelligent and disciplined. Yeah. And, he, but, and he's a trigger for the press, and you know, that's important. When he brought Grealish on, it just Grealish to me is someone you want against the team sitting back, playing in a low block. Exactly, because he breaks the line just through running past players, and he gets right, free but, kicks, which England but, are good at. Yeah, but he wasn't... <laughs> USA weren't playing like that. And ultimately, that Pep Guardiola thinks that Phil Foden is a lot better than Jack Grealish. Yep. There's a chance. He knows those players better than Southgate does. And he knows more about football than Southgate does. And I get why he's a bit reticent to play Foden in in, in the middle. Because he hasn't got much form in being good in that position. But to take off Sterling and bring on Grealish just... And Rashford at that point didn't it just didn't seem to make any sense when you when well, it was the Henderson Foden. one that was the worst one. I mean, so England England's biggest problem is progressing the ball through midfield, right? So USA had the two up front. They were forcing England to play into the fullbacks. They couldn't get it into midfield, and the only player who does that was is Bellingham, who wasn't having a good game. 
basically, and and not getting on the ball enough. And and so I I think the England's biggest problem was one they need an extra man in either at centre back or in midfield yeah, they need in to order to players. create the overloads. Yeah, he could have done with twelve players. Yeah, that always helps. I find. Yeah, yeah. It's like in the playground. You then you then you. There's one extra, right? But that would have helped. But but yeah, I just, the frustration and like look, clearly Gareth Southgate. It's a much, much better coach than me. He knows infinitely more about football than I do. He's been a, a top-level player, decent-level player, and a coach for a long time. He clearly knows more than I do. But there's stuff I'm looking at the TV going, he's not seeing it. Why is he not doing anything about this? And maybe that's coming from a point of my naivety or something. But it's it just, just seems so obvious. Yeah, like Henderson scene was, was a very curious change. I mean, he's here as a mascot, isn't he, Henderson? I mean, yeah, he's barely the, played in the, months. Good, good in the dressing room. And yeah. Somewhat, and even the ostentatious giving of instructions at the moment when he, when he actually came on for Bellingham was just it really sort of encapsulated what you feel that he feels his job is here is to give like really earnestly administered yeah. high fives. I think it was actually the low 10. Sorry, Joel. <laughs> uh, but like, it was that. It was like, you're getting affirmation from me, Judith. Yep. And this is something that you should really take to heart. And look at me performing this in exhibition manner on television for the world to see. I am a leader of men. <laughs> like it really stunk at that kind of behaviour. And he runs funny as well. So, you know, we're not going to forget his gait, are we? No, no. Uh, <laughs> the unforgettable gait. Anyway, so that's Group B. Group A, I mean, Netherlands, I'm kind of disappointed with them because they, they're they supposed to be good, right? This is a, Louis said we could win the World Cup. And it's a, this is the Netherlands, right? Pass, 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 long ball, lose the ball. And seen, it's like over and it. over <laughs> and over but again. He's one of those people, Van Gaal, where it's just so obvious the football the progression of football has passed him by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they also, they're not they're not that good, Netherlands. They have some individuals, although I think it's always worth pointing out it, that usually it's very rare that the best team in the group stages wins. True, true. And and they may, they may grow into this. And Gakpo has put 10 or 20 million on his fee, hasn't he, with a couple of, well, great-headed goal. And, and a, it sort of seems like Eka was right. Yeah. <laughs> he knew that he was good. Yeah, apparently, and I, I, it's just the, the I, I'm looking at, and I'm having like flashbacks to when United played like that as well. Side, 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 side. Get frustrated, boot it long, lose the ball, and it just happened over and over again. I mean, they should be fine, and the inability they to on the fine, rare occasions but... you do get an early goal, then build on that. I mean, it didn't yeah. happen very often, but <laughs> it's it's also the ability to put teams on the rack and keep them there and sustain the attacks. Um, and and also the other shocking thing about Netherlands, David Blin's hair, it's not good anymore. He, no, he used to have the most beautiful, beautiful locks, and that's thinning. It's it's a shocking <laughs> like <laughs> exhibition of time passing us all by. Anyway, group group I mean, C. I bet Urian Timbers, please, to stay the Ajax. For, yeah, yeah, that's right. To, too, for all yeah. these all these rectal splinters he's getting, and and the Tyrell Malassia as well, not playing at left back. Yeah, sad for him. Anyway, Gak- Gakpo is definitely moving for large amounts of money at some point, isn't he? Argentina, I mean, I think we just Saudi go back to Mexico, Gakpo. Poland. Just to, just yeah. to go back to Gakpo, I guess talking with the United slant, I think we're, he's he's not a left winger for no. us. 
because it's point we can't be signing another left winger. No, we but don't need another left winger. The question is for United is whether he can be a centre forward. Yeah. And, and that's unclear to me. I mean, he's basically played at 10 in this behind Memphis. We we might, given that we need a centre forward, we might be better signing Memphis, to be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be depressing. To play at nine, I should be clear, if we want a cheap one. I, I watched Argentina-Mexico yesterday. That was that was kind of fun. I mean, I, I find myself, it's a weird position, kind of like rooting for Messi to do well, just as a fuck you Cristiano sort of thing <laughs> I can just imagine in the the Ronaldo household as Messi lifts a trophy I wish I don't see there's there's too many weaknesses in this Argentina side but no I mean it's interesting I mean I was surprised that I mean I wasn't surprised that they picked a Romero ahead of Martinez in the first game because I know the manager loves Romero but the difference between those two players is yeah. Romero's really really talented yeah but, yeah, yeah. It, but it's rashness yeah, Martinez isn't rash, and Romero no, is rash. No, that's right. Yeah, and that's, he, he that's, plays like a grown-up, even he, though he's aggressive. Yeah, yeah, he's aggressive uh, without being a moron, and Romero yeah. is aggressive and plays also like a moron. And he might, he, she, if he grows out of it, he'll be a hell of a player, and maybe he could go go on to be an even better player than Martinez. But if, I mean, if I had a choice between one of those two, I would. Chuck Otamendi into the skip and play both of them, I guess. Well, but, quite. I mean, Otamendi's how old now? And I think I think Romero's a better player. Yeah. The, the, the weird one was for Argentina, the Paredes was out and they played Rodriguez in the middle. He just can't move the ball. And as soon as, as Endo, Enzo Fernandez came on, it just completely changed how Argentina played. They got the ball forward. Obviously, he's got a blinding goal, which helps. He's meant to be a brilliant. I mean, he's meant to be. He's meant to be brilliant. There was a really good yeah. line about him that said something like they think he's lying about his age. Because right. <laughs> he's he just so precocious in the way that he plays. Because he's barely played any football in his career. I mean, he had like, he's had six months at Benfica and he didn't have much before that. At, where was it? River, I think. So, yeah, it's uh, he's 21 and he's like a brand new to football. But yeah, he, he's obviously playing like a grown up and he's really talented and just blinding goal. Blinding goal by Messi, by the way, as well. I guess we just like that's it just feels like normal for him, doesn't it? But there was about three inches in which he could get that ball into the corner. Yeah, I, th- I mean, it will with a, with a team like Argentina and also probably with Uruguay, like teams that play two in midfield are particularly vulnerable to just getting hypnotized by Spain. Yeah, but, but because they, they they do have just a load of firepower, so I mean, it, it's 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 impossible to say who's going to win this. I mean, I felt like at the beginning of the competition, Brazil probably were the most settled side, but I thought that last time actually. And they they didn't win it. I just felt like they were the most club like international side because they've been playing together for the longest and seemed to have a method of playing that suited them. But yeah, for, I mean France also looking they're also looking quite good, but still get the feeling that if Mbappe doesn't have a great day, then they'll lose to the first good team they play. Yeah, and and the other the other thing is, I mean Dembele was electric. Wasn't he against him. Denmark? He was just so good. This is this is the Dembele of Dortmund or something like that. So, the, first, I mean, apparently... the first game he played for Dortmund was against United in pre-season. Right. For Rennes. And Freddie just signed from Rennes. And I watched that game and I was just absolutely certain he was going to be a superstar. He was yeah. just, he just, he just looked so, so good. And it's taken him a while to get there. But well, it's injuries, he, isn't it? So it's, Yeah, injuries, probably a bit of focus, I think, as well. But yeah. Now, it's also just nice to see sometimes a right winger playing on the right wing, a right-footed player playing on the right wing, keeping the width, able to put crosses in, yeah. which he doesn't, he doesn't always do because 
but he's been doing that for Barcelona, playing on his natural side, and you don't get to see that that often. But yeah, I mean, he is he's electric when he's when when everything is in working order. I mean, I mean, he's he he may be right footed, but he's pretty natural on the left as well. So I mean, it just makes him a really dangerous player inside, outside, scores goals, creates them. I mean, I can't help but feel that Stechamp, right? And he's a football vandal. And when it comes down to the the big games at the end of the tournament, if there's a choice between playing an extra central midfielder and playing Dembele, I know which one Deschamps is going to pick. Because France are much more attacking than we've seen before. Rabiot's been playing quite well. He played been playing well for the events, I think, before. It's another Eka was right. (laughs) Maybe he was right after all. Rabio is no. one of those players. The, for sim, the first few times I saw him play, I thought this guy's really, really can play. And he got lost. But maybe he's now becoming the player that he looked like he might be able to become to begin with. Yeah, but he wanted he wanted like four hundred grand a week to move to. No, no, I'm pleased we didn't sign him. But we'd be signing him and his mum, wouldn't we? And that would, we don't but, need the drama. But he's, he's looking better than I've seen him look for quite some time. Yeah, and and uh, in the rest of this group, obviously Australia are pretty rubbish, but they they got that win, and there were Australian fans like going mad with flares in in Melbourne, which was like, it, yeah, if you haven't seen this video, it's kind of fun and then scary because the pyrotechnics are going pretty wild. I didn't know Australian fans could get excited about about football in that way, uh, and also... then Denmark been pretty disappointing actually, honestly, and and Ericsson's been anonymous for them. I'm not quite. I, I think we thought they'd be better than this, but. Yeah, it's nice that Varane's back. Yeah, uh, and he was he was good and fit, and obviously that muscle injury wasn't nearly as bad as we thought it was, which gives him and yeah, gives them a lot of composure. Yeah, and then, he won't. I'm sure he won't get injured on Boxing Day, but maybe two or three games after that, he'll be out until about March. You can imagine, right? France somehow go out in the semis. He's he's fit and ready for Burnley in the EFL Cup. <laughs> yeah. Pulls a hammy, he's out, yeah, out for months. What What have you made? I'm I'm going to skip forward. What have you made of Brazil? Because they they do like as you said, they feel complete as a team, don't they? Oh, I actually, lost Neymar for a couple of games. I was now. in the process of complaining to someone about Richarlison being up front in that team when he scored yeah, that yeah. goal when he yeah, does a scissor. Yeah. yeah, which was obviously like an amazing, iconic World Cup moment that yeah that shouldn't have happened in Qatar. I also no. didn't know, but have now learned that Richarlison is an abs. He's someone I quite like as a bloke. I like the way he competes. Love the way he celebrated with his parents when he scored that goal for Tottenham. Yeah, just that someone who's waited their whole life at that moment and their parents are there is just found. I found that quite moving. Yeah, yep. it turns out he's also an extremely solid citizen who is. He seems to be yeah. anti Bolsonaro. Yeah, in yep. favor of luxuries like universal education and food yep. and homes and things. I know I had to dig into that one a little bit deeper because when someone says that, sometimes they turn out to be a, a, a nutter as well. And they think the answer of that to, to all the solving all those problems is like kicking immigrants out or something like that or banning the gays or whatever Bolsonaro's nutty policies were, thankfully, past tense. But no, he, he seems to be solid. I wonder how that goes down in the dressing room with Neymar because well, there are well, opposite it's, sides well, it's of that political fence. Them. It's almost all of them apart from apparently Anthony as well is not like that. Right, which is also good to see because one of the things which pissed me off was that the most left-wing support in world football, Liverpool, are perfectly happy with affable Alisson and Fabinho. Yeah, um, yeah. 
And I mean, those lads voted for an actual fascist, misogynist, homophobe, racist, yep. anti-Semite. Yep. And growing a kitschy moustache doesn't change that. No, that's very true. And we forget that it's, we've got to be on the right side of these things as well as footballers. I say we, not being a footballer. but <laughs> We're a footballer. <laughs> Listen to us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it's not clear what Casemiro's politics are. I I, I, I haven't have heard look. him or looked into him opining on it, nor Fred, actually. Fred, who didn't play in the, the first Brazil game, surprisingly, they picked he came a West on, Ham player. Came on, yeah. And Casemiro is all right in that one. Serbia, whose tactics appeared to be kick Neymar. I think that's just a hobby. More than, more than a tactic. <laughs> they Fast fouled him on. nine times and then Neymar got injured and it wasn't a foul, um, <laughs> which was somewhat ironic, I thought. Yeah. But yeah, Brazil, sad, the... sad, for, sad for Neymar. I don't know whether to hate or like Neymar because he's obviously a brilliant footballer, but everything goes around him is really shitty. And the rolling around and histrionics and all that kind of stuff is just like nauseating mostly. Yeah, yeah, but he's, yeah, he what he is he is a brilliant player. Thought Casemiro plays well in that game. It just it seems so easy for him. It, it, um, I mean, it is. It, 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 he he's able to. I mean, the the Casemiro we saw, you know, after what a couple of months of being at United, where it was easy for him and he was totally in tune with the the game, uh, and just seems a step ahead of everyone else. Is uh, yeah, and obviously he's with high high quality players all around him in the Brazil side. So, uh, I mean, I think they probably look like, I mean, along with France, the most complete side. Spain, we'll see in the knockout stages whether, like, not having a forward who scores regularly actually matters. I mean, it, so, it, it, it has mattered before, but yeah. France just don't have as much in, in the way of a midfield as Spain do. Well, no, I they think... have to, the two in there have to have to be in there, don't they? Right. So, France like, against Spain, that, I would say you're basically waiting to see if Mbappe does anything. Yeah. Otherwise, It'll be Spain with the ball, and they'll win by one goal. That's, yeah, that would be that would be my expectation. That's it's not a bad tactic. Wait to see if Mbappe does something because, and he's... that's often been England's thing is that they're not they're not able to dominate possession or dominate the flow of play, which which looked like it had changed against Iran. But it's hope it's at some point some of the quality players will combine to produce some level of quality. Yeah, it's that they still don't have that. I mean, just since Michael Carrick, who never got picked, they haven't had that register in in midfield. Yeah, and there isn't anyone who's got in the squad can do that. I mean, I think they're definitely England are definitely better in midfield if Bellingham Bellingham's in there because he can move the ball forward. They just become a bit more. Vertical. Yeah, maybe what you do is in, maybe if England when they get to the knockouts, instead of choosing Bellingham or Mount. You choose Bellingham and Calvin Phillips. Maybe that's what maybe that's what you would do. They definitely then... move the ball, but then they don't have the cover in the same way. Rice does a good job at that. We can't leave the talking about the World Cup without talking about Portugal. I thought Ronaldo absolutely stunk the place out. Was completely rubbish. Died for a penalty. all about so him as whether, usual. It wasn't so much whether he dived. It was just it wasn't a penalty. Like I was <laughs> I was doing the minute by minute of that. And yep. I was looking at my fingers. I'm not a great typer, so I was looking at my fingers, at the screen with the game on, and at the other screen where my words were coming up. And I could still see on first look that wasn't a penalty. Yeah. And just every angle they look at it from, it's just yeah. not a penalty. And they're going yeah. on telly that, well, the, uh, Ronaldo got the ball first. It's like, fine, but that doesn't matter if the defender gets it second and makes a proper tackle. Yeah. 
that was not a penalty. And I agree with Rugby. I thought that Portugal, I backed Portugal, I put a few quid on Portugal to win the Euros. But Fernando Santos just was very clear in the Euros, had no idea how to arrange the players, which who to pick and how to arrange them yeah. to get the best out of them. He's clearly got no interest whatsoever in leaving Ronaldo out. But watching no. that game, it was, it was in that aspect, it was like watching United. Yeah, they'd be much better without him. I mean, they've got Rafael Leal, who's electric. So, yeah, you play him on one wing, Felix in the middle. Yep. yep. And then someone else on the other flank. Well, Bernardo Silva, and they, they've got a nice balanced forward line there. And and they've got plenty of midfield. And as soon as they, like Bruno started the game out wide, and as soon as they moved him inside, he created two goals. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I would. <laughs> so the other thing is you, you could look at the midfield and you could say, well, you could, if you have Bruno and Bernardo in the midfield and one one holder, then you're and then you play maybe another midfield player on the right on the right wing, then you're starting to have a team that can dominate possession as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a really good team in that Portugal squad, and it didn't look a lot like Fernando Santos was going to find it, but. Perhaps he'll play, and perhaps he'll play um, Rafael Liao in the next game. Yeah, Diego Dello didn't play in that game, although he's played quite a few of the, the warm up games. So we'll see. I guess he's not first choice. Uh, the the other the other United player that we haven't mentioned so far was uh, Palestri, who started for Uruguay. He's played more games for Uruguay this season than he has for, for United. Uh, I mean, surely he's going to leave at some point. He can't just sit around doing nothing. So he's had a couple of seasons at Alavés, sort of playing. Not and, done that much there either. But... And not done that much there and, and zero minutes this season. So it's no good for him. But you know, he's a favourite of the Uruguay coach whose name I'm forgetting right now. So, yeah. It's not um, Oscar Tavares. No. The name that's sprung to my mind. But, I mean, I watched that Uruguay game and he did one little nice cushioned cross for a chance. But they didn't actually give him a lot of the ball. And Uruguay actually have a similar problem to France, to, to Portugal in that they're solid at the back. They've got some proper, a couple of proper midfield players. And then they've got an old bloke up front who no one wants to yep. drop. And you can see the difference. I mean, I know Cavani's the same age as Suarez. And I don't, his peak, his peak wasn't, wasn't a patch on Suarez, but he's aged better. And, it made yeah, a difference. Yeah, true. Suarez is, yeah, it was dynamic and, and he's just not that at all anymore. I mean, it might even be better with playing Nunes through the middle. Oh, yeah. Um, that, I, I thought Port- so. I thought Uruguay were going to play 4 4 2. And if they had have done, then you probably would have got more out of Suarez as well because he'd have Nunes. Nunes it's next someone to, to play him. off. Yeah. But Suarez in the middle of a 4 3 3 with. Nunez on the left wing is just total nonsense. And I... Yeah, yeah. We'll see whether they change it up for. I guess they're playing Ghana next. I think I can't remember. Yeah, uh, if so that game. Sto- if, you get, if there's a positive result, if Ghana beat South Korea, then if then that Ghana Uruguay game at the end could, could end be up good. Just being, yeah, just being a knockout. I'd really like to see Ghana go through. I mean, not only for the like it's a World Cup. You need some like world representation in the knockout stages, don't you? you know, Ghana knockout. have got the makings of a good team. The problem with Ghana is that they're not quite, they're not settled. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're not all used to playing with each other in the managers. The manager made some absolutely atrocious changes in that Portugal game. They equalise and he takes off and Kudus. Kudus, who's one of their better players, yeah. Their best player by far and just yeah, is yeah. in great form. You're right, right. And within about three minutes of taking them off, they're 3-1 down. Shame because they did play. They played some good football. If Inaki Williams hadn't so. slipped, we'd be talking about one yep. of the great World Cup goals. That's right. Good player as well, Inaki Williams. So a few of the stories around the World Cup. Obviously, we had. I think we talked about Armband Gate 
last time out, didn't we? I mean, a couple of nice moments amid all the crap and the politics and Infantino sitting next to MBS and, you know, exactly what's happening there. A few of the stories, the Germans starting their game with hands over the mouth protest being silenced. I mean, it was something. It's less than a shirt. I mean, England said they were going to, they weren't going to just do a t-shirt. They were going to do more than a t-shirt. It's not. Turns out it's they saying we care about this. Band. We care. This is marginally more important than not getting the yellow card. I'd... Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't know which way side to come down on that because like, I understand they don't want the captains getting booked. The Germans said they would just rotate it around and one of the takes I think was that it might not actually the sanction. They FIFA weren't clear about the sanction. It wasn't. It could be a booking. It could actually be points or suspensions. Or right, but then whatever, you just you know? got to find find another way. Don't just say no. Say okay, this isn't going to work. So let's do something that is. Yeah. Whatever it might be, whatever scene you can create, do it. Whether it's the players, you score a goal, and you do something when you celebrate, or. The captain is your third choice goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you bring him on uh, at the end of a dead game, whatever it is, there's something that could have been done that wasn't nothing. Well, that's right, and and they have done nothing, most of them. And and the hand over the mouth was, I mean, it, it made more of a stink because Germany lost, and and the German media appears to be blaming that for their defeat, which was properly weird as well. And then England did absolutely nothing. And and if you talk about bravery. The Iranians refusing to sing the national anthem while Iranian fans in the stands are, are waving a pre-revolutionary flag around, both of which pretty seditious acts, I think, <laughs> is that was much more. Carlos Quiroz has been quite defensive about it all and got more worked up about Klinsmann basically being a racist on TV than any what did he, I missed that. What did he say? Also, Jürgen was like, oh, it's in their culture to dive. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. So I yeah. literally messaged a friend saying... Yeah. I think I just heard Klinsman and can't remember who else I was on basically say Iran are cheating Arabs. That was yeah, what basically. it felt like. Was That's he was pretty saying. much what he said, yeah. And then Kiroz is right to call him out on that. Yeah, he was. And, like yeah, I, I was he, sort of doing something else at the time, so I didn't quite hear it properly. So I remember I messaged someone saying, I think this is just what happened. And, it, it, and I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm not pleased that that was what happened, but I am, oh, so I did hear what I thought I heard. And it, it was like that. Yeah, and, well, Gab- well, I didn't realize Queer was a dumb her name is, didn't call him out at the time, and which they never do in the studio. But it was, yeah, it was like listening to analysis from 30 years ago and just cultural based nonsense about football. Yeah, I mean, I was on the, the, the first Cameroon, the Cameroon Switzerland game, someone was calling Cameroon the Africans. Oh, Christ which, first almighty. of all, must, must make AFCON a difficult one. Yes, right. It's, it's just, the Africans versus the Africans. It's the naive athletes versus yeah, the naive it's athletes. It's just like yeah, 54 right. countries in Africa, mate. And yeah. it goes from North Africa to South Africa. Yeah, there's a it's lot. quite a long way. And there's quite <laughs> a lot in between. Yeah, about a billion people. And mm. yeah, it's yeah, very, very strange behavior. And I, how would, I mean, I guess someone, someone would have told Quirrell that he said that because I assume he wasn't watching. ITV. No, no, I, sh- I assume someone's pointed it out, but it was, a, it was a long post on Instagram and Twitter in which he invited Klinsman to come to their training camp and speak to the players and learn about the culture, and which I think is all totally fair and clearly I don't think... I was barbecuing in my there. garden yeah. when the second goal went in and there's some Iranian shops on the high street that is right. sort of sort of a 10-minute walk away. And yep. I, could hear them, I could hear them celebrating. 
right. and I was like, yeah, London. <laughs> just made me think yeah london london is a great place it doesn't matter who wins if you're in london there'll be someone with a flag out of a car be- beeping a horn yeah <laughs> going no. down there one of the streets yeah so like, it's actually it's one of the things having moved to the states one of the things i miss the atmosphere around tournaments it just isn't that here i mean i, I watched usa versus england in a brewery because you can't take kids to bars and but you can to breweries Make oh. of that what you want. <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. And and there wasn't much of an atmosphere, honestly, even though it was packed out. There was more of an atmosphere at the one of the English pubs I watched uh, Argentina versus Mexico in because there was quite a few Mexicans came to. And but you, the whole kind of tournament atmosphere is missing because uh, I'm sure in London, like every match is on in every pub and it's all buzzing. And because that's what you get. I mean, it's not quite like that because it's when it is. It's not right because it's during the day. Because it's during, yeah. and it's also just yeah, it's not the summer, so there's not people hanging out outside in quite the same way, and yeah. the Christmas rush hasn't quite started. But I think as the tournament progresses, it'll be it'll be more like that, particularly if England stay in it. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see on England. I mean, should, should yeah, not going to lose 4-0 to Wales. I think that it's probably okay for the knockouts. And then England get second place in France-Denmark's group. I'm saying France-Denmark, but it could, of course, be Australia. So I don't think it'll be France. It'd be, I don't know, Australia going to have to win by six for France to come second. So I think England will be playing Denmark or Australia probably in the second round and then i can't remember who in no no, no I, i'm lying actually they might be playing second place in in group a i think they're playing second group place in group a which looks like it'll be ecuador and then it's, it's not france in the quarters that's why and france france denmark in the quarters yeah that that track yeah so uh, i mean yeah so that looks like england out in the quarterfinals probably so we'll we'll see yeah, I mean, you, I, just, I hope it's a bit more of a progressive performance from England. Yeah, you was, have to you have to play good teams if you USA. want if you're if you're going to win it. But yeah, they did manage to get to the semi final without doing that last time and get to the, more or less the finals of the Euros without playing anyone who was really good. I mean, that's the thing with Southgate. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm totally negative on him, but I am pretty much like who's the best team in, in those in the two, tournament? Who, who? Yeah, who have we beaten? Who we? Who have England beaten in a tournament over those? That's good. And beat Germany, but it was a pretty rubbish German side last year. Pretty rubbish German side this year, by the looks of it. Uh, and what, Sweden? Is Sweden the best team England have beaten in those two tournaments? Because managed to lose twice to Belgium and, and to Croatia. I guess Ger- they beat Germany, but Germany weren't really any good. But yeah, yeah if you're it. going, if you're knockout ties in the Euros, what was it? Was it Ukraine, Sweden, Sweden and Denmark? Uh, Ecuador was it Ecuador in no no in, I mean, in, in the Euros twenty eighteen in the Euros Colombia yeah. Colombia they played beat Colombia on penalties yeah can't and remember who they beat Sweden in the quarterfinals yeah and then, and then they lost to Croatia. Croatia yeah so pretty much nobody <laughs> <laughs> well that's it it's always when people talk about Maguire or whatever it's just the, who's the best centre forward he's played against for England who is it. And I mean, he, I thought he played well against USA. He did. But international did. football suits him really well. Yeah. Because it happens at half pace. Oh, that's right. And I mean, um, and this, there's, this, there's, this no, there's no high pressing thing. and it's much slower and it does suit him well. Because so, I think the thing, one of the things I've noticed about Maguire now that we've got Martinez is not just the, it's not just the running slowly, 
it's Maguire's a good passer, but he does it slowly. He does it slowly, yeah. And, and and USA did a very good job of blocking off the passing lanes into midfield, so he couldn't get it into Bellingham or Rice. He had to go out to Luke Shaw all the time, and it was very one-dimensional because he hasn't got anything else. So, yeah, it was... In it. Anyway, Harry Maguire for England and the Queen or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. We're For backers, we're going to chat, uh, chat about Eric Cantona because it's 30 years since he joined. He joined on 26th of November, 30 bloody years ago, which doesn't half make me feel old. Goodness. Half of you listening won't have been born. Please. <laughs>